this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything you've done, everything that your word says that we can be, we are. And we thank you, Lord, that as we get to know you more and more and we get to understand who you are, may we boast about who you really, really are. And we get to let the world know the power you've given us and understand the wisdom that you've given us so that we can release it to the world that doesn't know this wisdom. We thank you for it. We honor you. We glorify you. And we magnify your son, Jesus, who who is that uh, propitiation for all of our sins. Thank you that we get to walk in truth and grace with him. And as this message goes forth, may clarity and understanding come on each individual that listens to this word. May no confusion come about, and devil, we remind you, your powers are defeated. Do not confuse any of the believers that are listening to this call. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Mm -hmm. And so before we go into the message, you know, just take a few minutes, you guys, and just give God high praise, you know, thanking him for the day, thanking him for, you know, just the opportunity for us to come together. So, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father Thank Hallelujah. 
Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for to lay this out and I'm not I'm really speaking to the Holy Spirit 
you know, on my way home today, as I was driving, uh, I was led to call somebody and just to try to get an insight of whatever the person wanted from me. And before I called, I was praying. And the person asked me a question which struck something on the inside of me. And it really began to cause me to look at things from a whole different point of view. And I began to understand what God's been trying to tell me all this time. But I didn't realize to the extent that what he was saying to me was so important and critical uh, in my life that, how would I say, I, I just pray that you guys get what he's saying today to you. And, and it really goes with our message of last week. Uh, I think only Hazel is on the line that's different from last week unless we have somebody else that's on the line that I don't know of. But um, we had some questions around, you know, how do you operate in the present, or rather in, in uh, Precious, how did you ask the question? Um, my initial question to you was, how does one operate and can you give further insight as far as the spirit of Elijah and Elisha. Right. And so we all got clear understanding of how to move and flow in the things of God. But um, on my drive home today, he said to me something that was so critical and so important for me. And it really stopped me and had me to look back at you know, some of the things that I look, I used to do when I first became that Christian. And I probably will start with that particular opening because I think if I start from there, I can get you guys to the place that he's trying to get all of you guys to. So I remember being that fresh new Christian, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that place where I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I would hear my Lord talking to me and telling me to do something, like go up to this person, go do this, go do that. At first, I was reluctant to do it, and then the more I did it, uh, the more I came so comfortable in doing the things that he had called me to do. And he reminded me back then what was so important to what I am today. He said, back then, you had nothing that you took with you. When you heard my voice and you really knew it was me, you immediately began to move in the places in which I called you to move. He said, also, because you were so unfamiliar with what to do or how to do it, you did nothing but depend and rely on me. He said, you wasn't afraid of the people, nor did you have anything that you took with you because you were fairly new in me. 
You had no idea of how you were going to accomplish a task, but you readily stayed connected with me to ensure that you heard every instruction that I desired that you perform. And I said, Lord, I totally agree. He said, but now that you are seasoned and very well seasoned in me, you have dependency. Things that you depend on are things that you look for, that things that you begin to survey in order to flow in the things that I've called you to do. And he said, I need you to begin to take these things off of you because I want you in the place that you are there. Amen. Not in that place where you have an idea of how to do things or, or, or even how to move, how to flow or anything. He said, when you have ideas or when you have something in front of you, you are going to begin to think about what you're doing, and that's what I want you to not do. Perfect example. I'm in uh, getting my hair done at the hairdresser, and then one of the stylists turns around and says, oh, my God, my hand is hurting. I cannot move my hand. Oh, my God, my hands are – anybody has Advil, leave or something – I really need to take something right now because I can't finish my job. And I'm going to tell you guys what went on in my mind. The first thing went on in my mind was, hmm, I'm a Christian to them. Hmm. They've already underhandedly, you know, had some words about me being the Christian. Hmm. And then I begin to look at her, shake her hand, and just watch her shake her hand. And then I said, well, what I can do is pray. And I begin to pray under my breath, you know, just for healing to go forward, which I know better, okay? And as I begin to pray, I'm sitting on my side saying, Lord, touch her hand. And then the second thing that came in my mind, well, maybe I should get up and go over there. But then all of a sudden, what really came forth in me, like, uh-uh, they will freak out. She may not be accepted, receptive of it, or whatever the case may be. And a whole bunch of conversation just went on on the inside of me that really, really began to allow me to be in that place that I immediately backed out. And then an hour or something goes by because I'm still getting my hair done. And somebody says, is your hand still hurt? She said, no, the Advil I took, never, it never even did, touched it. It never did any kind of damage to, to my hand to stop the pain. She said, it didn't do anything to stop the pain. I still have something. Then somebody offers her a motion 800 and says this. And she said, no, I'm going to sit and I'm going to keep fighting with the hope that it stops. I say nothing. I move not. 
I get in the car, and the Lord then began to say to me, take off your baggage. That's good. He says, stop allowing that others to get in the way of you doing the things I've called you to do. He said, stop allowing others to get in the way of the things I called you to do. He said, you've been focusing on people, and I want you to focus on me. He said, you've been so concerned how others would react to the blessing that you forget they will be elated in me. And he said, cease from your fears. And then as I began to say that, I began to all of a sudden fast forward in the spirit. And then he began to say to me, the disciples stood before me and they watched everything I did. And then he reminds me of the little girl that was sick. He dealt with the things that was dealing with the people in order to move forward to do what he needed to do. And he said, I'm seeking to advance you in me, but I need to deal with the things that are dealing with you in order for my gift to flow freely in you. He says, I want you to take a step back and I want you to look at what I dealt with before I moved. And as you begin to search these things out, then you will see that the things that hindered I always dealt with. He remind me how he put people outside. He shut the door. And then he even remind me even to the point to where when we were looking at Elijah, Elijah told the woman when she began to uh, produce the oil, she said, go in and close the door behind you. And that was to shut out anything that will cause her to see things from a different perspective and so that she can focus on the things that God had given her to do. But a lot of times we don't close out and we readily go forward, and what stands before us is everybody else's opinion of ourselves. He said, stop. Ask the people, do they hear me? Do you hear him? Amen. Yes, Lord. Because we can't walk in the spirit if we got other spirits that we're hanging on to and not allowing Christ to be Christ. Amen. And as he began to unfold this in front of me, he literally 
then began to tell me he could have been healed. He said the whole atmosphere in this place of establishment could have changed by you standing and stop judging. He said they would have honored me every time you walked in. If you hadn't judged them as to where they stood. Did you get that, you guys? Yes, Dave. Yes, yes. Amen. I understand. And then as I began to stare and hear what he said to me, he said, strip the things that hinders you off. He said, I don't want you to take them with you no more because they're in my way. Amen. I don't want you clinging on to the things that you've been clinging on because they prevent me from moving through you. And so then he shows me that one. But then he goes on and he reminds me of, and I need you guys' help because I don't know the name. I didn't get to look it up because I didn't get home fast enough to look it up. Uh, John the Baptist's father. What is John the Baptist's father saying? Zachariah, right? Yes, Zachariah. So then he shows me Zechariah. And as he showed me Zechariah, he says, I want you to pay attention to uh -huh. this man. And as I begin to look at Zechariah, he's in the temple and he's doing his duty, preparing the place for the presence of God to come forward. And he does such a great job that the angel automatically appears before him and begins to greet him, and the first thing he does is freak out. And he said, this is what all you do. You raise your voice up to me, you, you surrender your all to me, and then I come forward, and then you back out. says, how can I change the things in front of you when you're afraid to experience the greatness of me? I get that too. Because what, what I was supposed to do in that place I was supposed to stand in a place that I was supposed to cause the presence of God to come forth and that the people in the room would automatically be moved and see that, oh, my God, she is a pastor. 
But instead, I cowered out. I began to pray and move, but I was saying, Lord, move without me. Get it? Move without me. I'm going to pray under my breath. You go over there and you touch her hands. You anoint her or do whatever you need to do, but I'm going to sit in this chair and I'm going to pray. And then when I heard she was still in pain, I said, ooh, I got to keep praying. But did I pray? No, I turned my mind to something else. But yet I'm constantly saying, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to experience the things that I have read about. He said, but how could this be, daughter, when you cling to your baggage? He said, you're always carrying so much. He said, but today I'm asking you to release it. Today I'm asking you to lay it down. And then he said, and allow me full access to you. And he reminded me of when I was that new Christian. I didn't know nothing, so I just did it. But now that I know stuff, I I question everything. Well, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? Well, Lord, what about this? Well, did I get the spirit? Did I get that spirit? Was this still here? This still here? Instead of just shutting up and doing it. Or even when I'm laying hands and I'm doing something, I'm asking him, I'm like, well, Lord, are they feeling something? Because I ain't feeling nothing. Sometimes I even say that. Is this what I'm really supposed to do? Did I get that spirit? And if I did get it, why did I know I didn't get it? Do you hear me? Why do I feel like I didn't get it? So these are all the stuff that I go in with. And he said, This is your unbelief. He said, I cannot move in unbelief. And he said, lay aside your coat. This is stuff you put on. This is stuff you wear. He said, lay aside. This is stuff we take with us. We ain't even got to the scriptures, but you guys see it, right? Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. expect a miracle. And then, and then he took me so far to understand something else. He said, "I promise you things," and then you delude it with your mind. You unravel the things I promise.
then he told me, go back and search the scriptures and find the places where I dealt with what was dealing with them before I moved. Hmm. And he said that you must deal with the stuff that's been dealing with you. Because sometimes I say, Lord, are you going to show up here? You know, I look for him to show up. But I didn't realize in the places where I've been looking for him to show up, I have been in the way. He shows up, but he said, I can't move because of what's on the inside of you. And he said, you've got to let these things go. It's like God saying, go here, and they're going to give you a job. And you say, well, where's my resume? Well, how do I know? You know, Lord, uh, is there an ad still out there? Uh, Did they post something? How do I know they're going to give me something? And that's what we do. We talk ourselves out of it, so then by the time we get to the place, it never produces. But he says to me, as I was as I was sitting there praying under my breath, he said, "You scrutinize everything." What did he say? You scrutinize everything. Everything got to be in the right place. Do you understand? This ain't in the right place. The people ain't here. Oh, no, Lord, they sinners. Da, 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 da. I, I, I mean, I was sitting there just scrutinizing everything. When I could have, and, and I seen him showing me to touch her hand. I seen the vision of me touching her hand. And you know what I just looked at? Like, oh, no. Nah. This woman has her sign, don't even look at me. And that 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 was one of the other things that I threw now. Do you guys get it? Yes. Silence means you got it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not it. She said you fight not against the things that fight you. She said you live in a place in which you feel that you have to contend with the things that you have been contending with. Mm. He says, well, I have come to set the captive free, and that means free Mm -hmm. from all things. And this truly includes opinion. I don't know what you want me to do with that. 
so done. He's showing me something, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. <laughs> he reminds me of something recently, but, you know, he told me to do something, to do, do, do him a favor. And he told me, he said, you know, I want you to understand the things that you are asking to operate in. And so he told me to search something out. He told me to go on the Internet and literally search out, you know, uh, someone who is really, truly flowing in the spirit and really delivering people in the place, uh, in the place that, you know, these people were afflicted with illness or whatever the case may be. So I go through and I search one video out and I watch all the video all the way to the end and I and the woman is doing a docu documentary on this guy and he she's she's you know sitting down interviewing him talking to him you know asking him you know uh everything and as he's going forward you know in the beginning I, you know I looked at the what was being displayed and I believe for a moment. And as I began to look at it further, you know, my mind immediately said, I don't think these people are real. It was a church assembly where people were getting healed. And as I began to look, it felt like it wasn't real. And then the person who's doing, who's taping this person says, in order to come to this assembly, you all have to give an offering. Like everybody has to give some form of an offering just to be able to be present there. And then time she said that, that automatically took me out of a place and I began to examine the man rather than trusting to see, hey, God, are you showing up in this place? Is this, this, this? And then they go as far as allowing the lady who's doing, you know, the overview of it, to go forth with the expectations of being healed and she gets out the wheelchair. But he shows many examples to some of the things that he's doing of people getting out of the wheelchair and walking. And then she goes forward and they're praying on her, they're doing everything, they have her to stand up and she's in total pain and they keep praying over her and nothing happens. And then they sit her back down in the wheelchair and she sits down and she's done. Then the next day she basically tells him that da da da, da she offended him. He offended her, you know, a host of things that went on. And she began to scrutinize the heck out of this particular man. And as these things were going forward, I, I I was trying to understand why God allowed me to search things out, if that makes sense. He said, search it out, and I did go to search it out. But I only looked at one person, and I knew I was supposed to look at more. But in looking at this one person, everything, how would I say, on the inside of me begins to speak to me. And the Holy Spirit said to me something as simple as this. That you're a critic. 
He said, and you know the word. If they're for me and they're doing it, he said not to be against them. But yet immediately when I began to hear what this woman said, I became against the man. I never stopped to look at the woman to towards the end, and as I began to focus on the woman, she came there to prove her point that she couldn't be healed. She didn't come in faith. She didn't have a relationship with God or anything such as that. And I'm not saying you have to have that in order to, you know, to be healed by God. But the Lord said to me, Everything that this woman was saying to this man, you contend with it. Did you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. You contend with it. And he said, it may not be in the area of healing. It may be in provision for you. It may be in your work. It may be in your family relationships. It may be in some area of your life. You're saying the same words she's saying. And then he asked me, have I not shown myself to be real to you? And if so, why do you doubt me? So content when you say that when you say that you when he says you're content with the same thing, that means that you're, you're going you're through the same thing that that person is going through. That you're you're dealing with the same thing. You question everything, you scrutinize everything, and that's what she was doing. Okay. And he said, You do the same thing. In other areas of your life, you scrutinize everything. Hopefully you guys get me. So he doesn't want us to, you know, check everything out. Just go with what he's telling us to do and don't be looking around, don't be looking at people, don't be... Nothing, just do what he's telling you to do, and that's it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What was, and then he said to me, what was Judas' biggest problem? He had his own expectation. He, was he had his own expectation. He had... He he really viewed things that it was going to transpire and things were going to go a whole different, another direction. He had his own opinions of how things were supposed to flow and work. And many of us have our own opinions how things are supposed to flow and work. We tell God how to heal. We tell God how to provide for us. Hmm. 
We even go as far as, Lord, deal with this and deal with that. We tell him what to do. And the Lord says, and you know not why things are as so they are. He said, you got to get this. He said, because if you get this, then my miracles will flow freely through you. He began to show me when that woman began to complain about her hand, he said, what did Peter them do with the man who was sitting at the gate waiting? I said, Lord, they looked intensely into his eyes and they were able to see his face. He said, she was full of faith. He said, but you examined her based on her outer. And he said, get me. I did examine the person based on her order. And, and, and the Lord even showed me. He said, she's mine. But just because she doesn't operate like you, you dismissed her. Exactly. And just because she has a lot of things going on to you in her world that you don't agree with, he said, you look past her. He said, if you can't understand that the people I'm sending you to is not going to look like you, they're not going to act like you, and they're not going to operate in the same fashion that you do. And he says, and you've got to get out of that mindset where you're looking for people to look like you. He said, my word clearly says that many are called, but few are chosen. And if you're looking for everybody to be chosen, then you'll never do my works. And my mind just said, wow, what a day. <laughs> I didn't expect to get this, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I expected, you know, when, when I turned and looked the other way, I just kind of turned and looked away and said, oh, well, you know, oh, well. But I seen myself, I seen a vision of myself touching her hand. Well, that's good. That shows me how I've seen it, too. Like, I expect everybody to be working in God's kingdom, and God is like, no, (laughs) there is just some we're going to receive, and we're going to do the work. (laughs) My gosh. 
relationship. But then look at my mind. Look, look, look at all the things that went on on the inside of me. And how I operated. That really rocked me to the extent to whereby I was like, and then he he fast-forwarded me, but then he took me back to my, my, my first days in him. And the days that I was so new in him, I didn't do any of that. I just did it. And sometimes we become these knowledgeable people, and in, in essence, we hinder ourselves in this place. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to tell you. Sorry, okay. whoever that I. But I understand because Precious asked that question, and now God is trying to get us to the place to perform the things that He wants us to perform. But He's literally saying, "But before you can perform these things, you got to deal with this stuff that's in you." Mhm. Yeah, you we need to empty our backpack. So he's trying. He's telling us that some of the people that we're gonna to come to, and we tell them what the word is, and we tell them they may never change, and they may never. But we just continue to let them know and pray for them and all that, and not be look beyond what you think they're supposed to be looking at. Exactly. And your judgment against them must cease. And that's the same thing that goes for those in the kingdom. Just because mm-hmm. they don't do what we do or they do something that really looks different than what we expect them to do. And mm-hmm. even if God told us something, we still, if they're operating in something that they're not supposed to be doing, we're supposed to be praying. We we should not have an opinion. Have you ever been doing something that you weren't supposed to do and God corrected you and you came back in alignment? He's going to deal with them too. Mm-hmm. That's his job, not ours. Exactly. So we take it on as if it's ours. And that's what he was showing me as he was showing me sitting there, you know, and and the funny part about it, I'm sitting in this chair as she's curling my hair, <clears throat> and I'm saying, oh, gosh, i got to hurry up because i got to get to a place that I can pray. i got to pray. And, you know, so I'm praying just a little bit, you know, uh, then talking. Then I pray a little bit more, then talk, you know. But, but you know, uh, I, I'm always praying in the spirit, so I'm always under my breath praying or whatever the case may be. But when I know I have to do something, you know, I always try to get myself in the right uh, place. And so I start preparing my, you know, my vessel to to go in deeper. But I didn't realize I was already in the place that he was already showing me me. And when as he, as I was driving home and I seen it, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You just ripped me apart in front of me. And, and in that place, it really allowed me to see. And then he said to me, 
Now you understand why I told my disciples not to take anything with them. Mm-hmm. And he said, but you keep showing up with baggage. <laughs> I'm laughing, Pastor, because five times the Lord kept showing me from when you first started talking, when you were saying, as a new believer, we didn't have anything. We didn't have a satchel. We didn't have a bag. We didn't have a backpack. We didn't have a coin purse. We didn't have anything. We just had ourselves and the voice of the Lord. And we had no other choice but to trust him. But on our journey as believers and as time progressed where we are now, somehow we done picked up a backpack, a duffel bag, you know, all this stuff. And we filled it with all these things that Christ never told us to fill it with. And he's mm-hmm. telling us we need to empty these backpacks, but I don't need to empty them. We need to get rid of the whole backpack itself and go back mm-hmm. to what we originally had, which was his voice instructions. And that's it. Exactly. Exactly. I guess part of me in my own mind, and I know it's wrong, but I used to think that I'm supposed to find Christians, not realize I'm supposed to be making disciples. I'm thinking I'm supposed to find people. Does that make sense? Oh, these people are Christians. Yay! You know how we came new. Oh, you're a Christian. Yay! You know. Oh, you're a Christian. Yay! Instead of recognizing I'm supposed to be making disciples. But but instead, I'm going around looking for Christians. Oh, you're a Christian. Okay, yay. We're Christians. We're friends. Okay, cool. And he's like, no, you're supposed to be making disciples. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when they say they're Christian, the sad part about it, when somebody says they're Christian, then I said, hmm. You don't look like a Christian. You don't got on the right garment. <laughs> no. Your garments don't look like mine. Okay. Let's go into the scripture. Might as well look at it now. What verse, Pastor, in Luke 9? That's God with one. <laughs> okay. So I'm in Luke 9, everybody, and I'm starting with verse 1. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And yes, he sent them. The Lord showed mm-hmm. me. I, he said to me, I have called you to do these things. He says, I have called you to myself to do these things. So every single one of us have been given the power to do these things. Mm-hmm. Guys, get it? Let's go further. 
and he sent them out uh, to prepare. Uh, uh, wait a minute. He told me to back up. Read that again and read it slowly. Verse 1. Mm-hmm. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave so them when he power. Called you, he called you to himself. He gave you power. Keep and going. authority. And he gave you authority. Keep going. To drive out all demons. Guys got that. Keep going. And to cure diseases. Did your kids guys get that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what we asked for. Let's keep going. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And how do we best proclaim the kingdom of God through signs and wonders? And we can't do signs and wonders if we're wondering about the people. (laughs) Because I definitely was in that place of wondering. Who's laughing? <laughs> the kids. Is that be me? Wondering. Jesus. Let's keep going, precious. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Did you guys get that? When he said that to me in the car, he said, I want you to look at it from a spiritual perspective. What do you carry when you go out? And then from there, he began to point me do the things I think. And the things that I think is half of the things that goes on on the inside of me. Fear, unbelief. I question to the point whereby I talk myself out of it. And he says, and I take what I'm hearing and I dilute it with my own personal understanding. He said, I'm not even talking to you about your judgment yet. Wow. He says, I'm talking to you about the things that you say that I'm not. I'll never forget one day, and I don't know if you guys have days like this. I hope you guys don't. 
I heard a voice in my head that I thought it was God. And then I said to myself, hmm, I'm going to test that and see whether or not that's God. In my heart of hearts, I believed with all my heart that it could have been him. Well, the day came, everything panned out to be what it was. And then I said, oh, well, guess I didn't hear you, Lord. That's not you. But then again, I said, Lord, guess it's not you. But in my heart of hearts, my heart, I still held him responsible for it. I hope you guys don't do what I've done. Hopefully you guys got what I said. I went about my way. I heard something that I thought was God. I waited to see whether or not it was God. And when it did not come forward, I literally said to myself, hmm, that's not God. That wasn't God. But I still, in the back of my heart, held him responsible for it because in my mind, why didn't you tell me it wasn't you? And if it was you, maybe I did something wrong because of my lack of maturity on how to understand the things of God. He corrected me and got me over that bad behavior. But I recognize that I still have things in the back of my mind that I still hold him accountable for. And so I associate some things with him as failure. And you know what he said? You all do. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff we're getting rid of today. Thank you, Lord. This is the stuff you're releasing to him today. This is why you had to come into the place in prayer. Hallelujah. And now that you're in the presence and you're able to hear and see you, it's time for you to start to release these things as we begin to examine the scripture. And it's not just the things you thought of, but the things you thought when it came to other people. And the Lord showed me, he kept showing me King David dancing. He kept showing me over and over and over King David dancing. And 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 what the Lord showed me that he was naked in this in the people's sight. And he didn't care. Do you hear me? He didn't care how anybody seen him. Mm. He had no concerns with anybody seeing him. And the Lord says, I need you to get naked. Before me. That I may be able to move through you.
I don't care. That's what we got to learn to say. I don't care. I don't care. Lord, it's just about me and you. I don't care. Amen. Let's take the scripture a little bit further. Verse 4. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. Why was it so critical for them to go into a place and to stay, not from going from place to place to place to place? Good question. Is it because he's giving them a specific assignment? That's a good answer. He doesn't want you to take anything with you when you when you leave from there when you've done your assignment. Mm, that one, that one, I don't know if I can, uh, I can, I can apply it. But, uh, but I get you, Josie. I get where you're coming. He was also teaching them to live by faith. Exactly. I could take that one. Did you hear what she said, you guys? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what are you living by? Amen. Living by faith. What are you living by? Sorry. That was a question he asked me to ask you guys. What are you living by? Mm-hmm. Faith. What I just described to me, that don't sound like I'm living by faith. Mm-hmm. And he said, y'all got the problems too. <laughs> that don't sound like no faith. <laughs> I'm the goal is to live by faith. Yeah, what are we currently living by? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my fears, my unbelief. Pastor, uh, Kathy, can I share something quickly with you? I think it'll fit in here. Um, I want to share this um, quick, quick testimony. And I believe it's going to fit in and it's going to bless everybody on the phone. This is a quick testimony of something that happened last, well, in December. At the end of the month of December, I had an issue with my eye. And it was on a Wednesday night. And it's like in my right eye, my eye just went blur, bam, just like that. I could barely see out of it. And, of course, that frightened me. And I had to go pick my husband up. This was during that week where it was raining really, really, really bad. Hmm. So I said, oh, Lord, I can't see out of my eye. And I began to pray and rebuke, you know, fear and rebuke the devil and everything. And as I began to pray, I said, Lord, I got to go get my husband in the morning. I got to see. And instead of the Lord telling me, oh, daughter, I'm going to heal your eye, he said, get up and start fighting for other people. <laughs> and I, and I, I said, okay, you know. So the next day I was able to get up and drive to my husband's job and pick him up with one eye. 
I said, Lord, please help me get here. And I didn't even tell him I couldn't see. So uh, I got back because he worked nights. I'm, I'm trying to get to this quickly, but it, it, you're going to understand why I'm saying this. So I got, back, I got back to the house. He, I gave him his breakfast. He went to sleep. And I got on the computer and I said, I, I got to get to my doctor. I got to get to my doctor. And God just opened up the doors. He was literally in charge. First of all, he impressed me. Go to your doctor now. And I couldn't get to my doctor. And it just so happened it was another doctor on that day. And it was meant for me to see her. So when I went there and she saw my eye and she said, oh, I got to get you into a specialist. She said, I don't like how this looks. So I was able to get squeezed in the same day. God just opened door after door so I could get in. So when my ophthalmologist looked in my eye, she said, you have inflammation in your eye. So she gave me some drops to dilute it and then drops to put in every two hours. But as, now this is, as I put the drops in my eyes and my vision began to get clear, then I saw some floaters floaters and you know little black spots look like black pepper in my eye and what I had to do I had to train my brain to look away and to look out and to look beyond I couldn't look at those floaters because that would distract me I had to look away from myself I had to look away from what I was going through and into the distance and as I did that the floaters would disappear. Now, they're still there, but I'm training my brain not to look mm. at what's up close. And that scripture Amen. that says that. We don't look at the things that are seen. The mm. things that are unseen and invisible are <laughs> eternal, but the things the mm. things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Mm. So, I, In other words, I had to look away from myself. I had to get my eyes off of myself because, see, our orientation is wrong. We are our own problem. It's not the <laughs> devil. Yep. It is us. We need to get out the way. Yep. We focus. Our orientation is wrong. Yep. We focus on ourselves too much, and uh-huh. we're looking at right like that. We got some spiritual floaters. We are yep. our own floaters. We have got to look away mm. from ourselves. And this is what, the, until we realize that we will never grow up. We will never grow up. The devil's job, if you don't worship him, he's going to get you to worship yourself. And he's going to get you to focus on yourself. And you'll never see with the eyes of faith, you'll never see him who is invisible. You'll never see that. So I have to deprogram and reprogram my brain. And that's, just, that's all that is, is Romans 12, too. I got to renew my mind. I got to renew my eye to look into the distance and those floaters disappear. And that's what we have to do. We cannot continue to focus on ourselves. You will stay a baby all your life. You'll get older in the natural, but you will stay a baby as long as your orientation is mm. on you. The devil is just going to steal time. He's going to steal time. So I knew that, you know, what I was going through had a spiritual component to it. And, you know, the, the Holy Spirit ministered that to me. And I said, Lord, I got to look away. And, and when I'm driving, everything that I'm doing, and I wear glasses. So that would magnify those floaters in my eye if I took the time to focus on them. 
Amen. You cannot Amen. focus on. It doesn't mean Amen. that it's not there. It doesn't mean that the, what you're going through is not there. But don't allow it to become an idol. Amen. Don't focus on Thank yourself. God. Look unto Him who is the author Thank and finisher of your faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you God. got to look Amen. away from those 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 floaters that are in your life. You got to train your brain, train your soul, renew your soul, and look away from what you're dealing with. It's not denial, but you're saying God is greater. God is greater. Hallelujah. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not mm. I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life mm. that I live now in the flesh, I live by the what? Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That has to be a reality that we walk in. I just wanted to share that with you. I thought it would kind of fit in with what we're talking about because that's the Amen. issue. That's the Amen. key. So that was that that was the issue you 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 Pastor Kathy, you were looking at yourself. Exactly. You were looking at yourself and missed totally. the opportunity for God to be glorified. See that and, and and when you said that, the whole I was waiting for the right time to interject that. The Holy Spirit said the church is like that. Yeah. The church is still yep. looking at itself and, mm-hmm. and dealing with fear of man, fear of rejection, pride unbelief and that ultimately leads to compromise he said the church and we've got to separate and we've got to move away from that and be my see my eye have to be clear my eye have to be whole my eye has to be single my eye have to be focused on yeah. jesus christ see we are we we exist we exist to bring glory to god why are we alive why haven't we got COVID? Why haven't we died? Right. God has a plan and a purpose, and we need to be on our face, mm. seeking the Lord what he Thank wants God. us to do in this hour. But as long Thank as God. our focus is on ourselves, the devil is going to steal time and steal mm. time till you go on out of here. Then you go be in front of Jesus, and he's going to say, now that goes right, I'm bringing you back to uh, Luke 9, 1. He's going to say, I gave you all these gifts. Mm -hmm. Each of us are uniquely gifted with time, talent, and resources to accomplish the will of God in our lifetime. And we're still tripping over ourselves because Mm -hmm. we focus, our orientation is wrong. We focus on on ourselves instead of looking to Jesus and being before him and, and, and the children of God in this hour. See, a lot of times we don't even understand the hour that we're in, the urgency of the hour. Lord, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Lord, you have preserved my life. You preserved my life. Lord, what is it that you want me to do at this time, in this hour? This is what we need to be talking about with the Lord because he has a purpose why we have not gotten sick while we're still here. And we better be seeking him for his will in this hour. Amen. Say love. Amen. 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 And I began to hear her as she shared out this. It's totally spot on. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit began to remind me of some of the things that I did when, you know, I wasn't in that place where I, you know, could judge the thing. And, he reminded me, you know, of just 
really listening and following through and trusting him in the place where I was hearing him. Uh, He showed me and reminded me of, you know, things in which I did through him. And it was because I had a single eye on him. I was totally focused on him. Even when others told me that I wasn't hearing God, I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. I was in that place where I I didn't care what others would say. Amen. I was just in that place that I just said, I'm going to do it. And, and if it's not God, then oh well. Mm-hmm. I, I still did it. I'm going to get favor because I did it. Mm-hmm. And so. And you still, uh, went, you still went in faith. That's, that's the bottom that's line. Because mm-hmm. it was still about faith. And so the Lord was showing me, wow. He, he, he literally said, for you have abundance of faith, but you got to move past you. So none of us is lacking faith. We just got to move past these things that are dealing with us. And I love how Hazel said it. What did you say again? What did you call them? These little dots or whatever? How yeah. did you say it? Floaters. 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 See, a lot of times you get them as you get older. You get older, but mine just came all of a sudden from the medication I was putting in my eyes. I I didn't have any floaters in my eye. But see, I knew it was a spiritual component. I Mm. knew that it was an attack on me. It was an attack because, see, I'm a seer, period. I'm a prophet. So I see God deals with me in visions and in dreams and shows me different things like that. That's the ministry that he's given me. So that was an attack mm. to get me so caught up in the, what I was going through naturally that, the, you know, that I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, God gave me three dreams in the month of January. Now, that happened in December, the last week of December when, when I think it was December 31st, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'd have got caught up and panicked and been focused on that, I would have missed those three dreams that he gave me in January. And that mm-hmm. was the intent of the devil, to steal, kill, and destroy. His his job is to have you looking somewhere else where you can't hear God, you can't mm-hmm. see him, you don't know what his will is for this moment. And we need to be in the place where we know what God wants us to do. And if we don't know, we need to be seeking him. We need to be asking him. We need to be waiting before him to get those instructions. Amen. Amen. Praise your name, Lord. Can we read a little bit further? Yes. Verse, let me see. Sorry, my phone. Verse five. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. But then we'd be in places where people we're not welcome and we still try to force our way in. Mm-hmm. We're trying to offer somebody something that they don't want. Oh. He said, not only is it that you offer them something that you don't want, he says, when they won't take what you've given them, you persecute them. 
He says, how can they turn to me? If you're representing me and you're beating them. Let's keep going. Now you guys understand how we beat people, right? Mm-hmm. Do I need to ask them for example, but or do you guys know? Everybody should have an idea of what you do. It's, it's, it's just like somebody, the one that's saved in the house becomes the tyrant of the house. Mm-hmm. That's beating the people. The desire for them to be different, it starts when you change yourself. Let's go further. Verse 6. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Did you see when they when they left everything behind, mm. they just set out and they just went from place to place doing exactly what they were supposed to do. But we can't begin to flow in these places until we let go of what we're holding on. He said, hear what I'm saying. He said, you must get this. He said, for you are called to do great things. He says, so deal with your floaters. Deal with you. Let's keep going. Verse 7. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on. And he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead. This, this Others that he looked you because he heard about Jesus, but he never bothered to go see him himself. He heard about him through John the Baptist, but he never, ever, ever bothered to go see him. And he said, and this is some of you. You never get in that place where you experience him for yourself. You're always experiencing him through somebody else. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you experience him through somebody else, because you've got floaters in the way. Your floater says that God don't speak to you. What makes you different? Your floater says it's difficult, it's hard. Your floaters complain more than it does the things of God. And so when Hazel was saying you're focused on you, you're focused on you. You got a self-pity party going on. 
and not realize it, you stay in that place, you're going to die. And then when you show up in heaven, God's going to say, hmm, you don't know if he's going to say, depart from me, I know you're not. So you've got to deal with the stuff that's dealing with you. He told me to say just this, because some of you hate correction. He said, but you need it. <laughs> he said that, but you need it. And the reason why you need it is going to save your life. He said, get this again. He keeps saying, get this. Take this a little bit further, you guys. Verse 8. Others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. Keep going. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. Keep going. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. Holy Spirit said to me, try to see him. He repeated that word in the words in my mind. He said, try to see him. He said, him being an official, what stood in his way? His floaters. <laughs> that was like his opinion, right? <laughs> Who chose it? And so some of us want to have the presence of God to come forth, but our opinion, well, he has to come this way. He's got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do this. God makes it so easy. You just be yourself. Amen. And I love it that he doesn't set, you know, something. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to pray like this. He says, as you are, be yourself. Let's go further. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. See it again. So he's literally saying to you that when you get this, crowds will follow you. And you will do the works of God. Let's take it further. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, 
you give them something to eat? They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. Now, but do you understand? Hold mm-hmm. on. Even though they've been out and they've done all of these great things, their mindset is still in the same place. Mm-hmm. They handle, they taste God. It's like we handle, we taste God, and our mindset is still in the same place. I, I love her word, floaters. We got floaters still. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I, I know countless miracles that God has done to me, done in me. And I have allowed, he has allowed me to see them that I know that he's real. But in my mind, I still got floaters. And he says, today you shall relinquish them. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, Lord. This, is, this one's heavy to me. I don't know about you guys, but this is heavy to me. We use a slap of correction every sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just heavy to me. <laughs> I mean, even in you saying, like, you know, deal with these things or or they're going to continue to deal with you look what they have been doing to you or to us in our in the dealing you know they've literally like hazel just said been stopping time and stopping our life stopping us from really truly doing the things of christ and the things that we have also been desiring in christ so even stopping in that and just seeing how we've just been kind of like stuck in time Physically, we're getting older, but we're still stuck in time. There's so much even in that. But then think about how it even checks you out of your own life. That's what I'm saying. You're not living. You're not producing. You're not. (laughs) There's no flourishment. Mm -hmm. We got to be we got to be conscious of the fact that we are still here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. See, we, he, we, he has preserved our lives for a purpose. So our focus has to be, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And, you know, God has no respect of person. Those four mm-hmm. dreams that he gave me at the beginning of January were, in, were instructions and assignments. And I'm using that as an example that, We've got to be in a place where we can hear the Lord give us his instructions of what we should do. It doesn't have to be anything great. It doesn't have to be anything complex, although there's nothing um, uh, minuscule in the things of God, in the kingdom of God. But the key is that you've heard him speak to you regarding what you should do. That's the key. That's Mm -hmm. the focus. And, and, And that's what... You know, don't let uh, uh, 2022 be a repeat of 2021 and just going around the same old mountain. He's calling us out of that. He's calling us out of that cycle that the enemy wants you to stay stuck in. And Mm. he's calling us to level up. Okay. He's calling us not to stay stuck, but to level up in him. And that comes through 
seeking him and getting it's not about us it's not about us we must he must increase he must increase it's all about him mm-hmm. and we must decrease what we feel and our focus and you know we look at life it's relative to what's going on in our life what's happening to us what should be happening to us that's immaturity and we will continue around that mountain until we realize the devil has stolen so much time. Now, God is able to uh, restore the years that the canker worm is eaten, but you've got to come to a place in your mind where you're saying, I'm tired of being tired. Enough is enough. I haven't gotten anywhere when I'm looking at myself. I've got to look beyond my situation and just like pastor said release everything and he will speak to you he will speak if you seek him with your whole heart he Mm -hmm. will be found he will that's what he's saying right now if you you seek him with your whole heart god has no respect to persons He's dropping revelation, and he's dropping his word. He's dropping his instructions like rain. But mm-hmm. we got to be in a position to receive it. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Wow, Lord. And I just hear him saying, here, here, here. For I am seeking. Let me just keep saying here. Let's go a little bit further, Precious. Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. Oh, before you go there. If you, he reminded me because you were on the disciples. Disciples are still, like he said, in that place where they're questioning everything and they're still in that place that they really don't understand what's transpired when they were out in the field and so their mindset still hasn't shifted and so the Lord was saying to me also those of you that have handled me you must shift your mindset thank you Lord amen amen and he's mm-hmm. and he literally saying come completely in like don't stay on the outside come all the way in Come all the way in. And in that place where you're coming in, come all the way in. Thank you, Lord. And and as you come in, he said, recall the promises. Come all the way in and recall the promises. Don't look at the promise like it's impossible. Come all the way in because he says all things are possible with me. He said, come all the way in. Thank you, Lord. He says that's the only thing I'm allowing you to bring in with you is the words, my words Mm. that I spoke to you. Mm. He said everything else you can't bring inside. He said, but I want you to come all the way in. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. And then he says, and as you come in, I want you to hold on to the things that I have spoken to you. And and even as you hold on to these things, he says, know that I am able. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
what he's saying, you guys. Come all the way in. And don't be in that place where you're trying to change. Just drop it. Let it go. Come in. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And if he's opened the door for you to come in, you just come on in. You come in boldly. Hallelujah. And then he says, now that you're in, I need you to trust me in the place that you're standing. And I just see myself just standing before him and saying, okay, Lord, I'm here and I'm I'm here. And I'm in that place of repentance just saying, Lord, forgive me. Yes, oh Lord. I Sister Kathy, I hear him saying, stay in a place of hearing him. Stay in the place of hearing him. I'm hearing that. Yes. But even as you come in, he said, let go. And the way you let go is simply saying, I repent. Amen. Yes, Lord. And then he reminds me, he's like, don't look back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. And then when he said, don't look back, he reminded me of the pillar of salt. That's what I just saw. You become so salty. Do you get it? You become so salty and you're licking your wounds. You become bitter. That's that bitter. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. When he showed me the bitter, uh, the salt, he showed me the bitterness of the things that uh, you've been through in the past. You know that things that didn't come out, turn out right, didn't work out according to what you said. He said it becomes a place of bitterness. And he says, and I'm bringing you out of that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are holy, holy, Lord. I should do. And then he just said to me to say to you guys to embrace me. Embrace me in this place. Embrace me where you're at. And then he said again, hold on to the promises. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now I can move forward. Okay. Um, Verse 15. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You guys understand, he put it in their hands so they can see and remember what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So he put it back in their hands to remind them of what they were able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so God is reminding us what he's able to accomplish through us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
step. And he's just literally saying trust and believe. Hallelujah. He said, hear what I'm speaking to you today. But the way he said it was, the first way I heard it was, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And then he said, hear what I'm speaking to you today. Lay aside thy trouble. Now that you are in this place with me. And then he says to me to say to you guys, remain with me. Mm. Don't leave this place. Where all of us have come into, he's saying, don't leave it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave it. Mm. But rest here. And trust him. Thank you, Father. This is the word of the Lord for you today. And I praise be to God. Thank you, I praise God for being that vessel to be able to be used to see myself and to share his word with you today. Thank you, Father. That's it. I don't have any more, you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Anybody Jesus. Else so, Brandon, can you close us out? <laughs> uh, Pastor, Pastor Kathy? Yes? Before we close <laughs> out, he dropped last little scripture. Um, and this is to get the get the floaters out. This is Revelation 18 and 19. It says, I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name. (laughs) Praise your Father. Anyone else? Brandon, you can dismiss us now. Lord, we just thank you for this word. We thank you for your love that you have for every individual on this line. And we thank you for the love that has been set from the foundations of this world. That you love us and that you are right now continuing to chasten after us 
And not only that, but you are causing us to change our mind about a thing, whatever we are contending with, whatever issues we are contending with. And God, we love you. We're grateful for you. And as we continue to change our mind about a matter, about a thing, it is your power that the thing that we are continuing to, as you, as Hazel says, float on, that you are removing these things, these burdens that are in us. And we thank you, Father, because you love us. And we believe in the love that you have for each and every single individual on this line. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, amen. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.